Join Tim and Christina Madden, co-founders of Executive Career Upgrades on their podcast, The Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. As an executive in today's highly competitive job market, it can be tough to succeed. However, with Tim's nationally recognized career advice and Christina's mindset expertise, you can reach your full potential. Tune in to upgrade your career and get ahead of the competition. All right, we are getting started today. I think this is the, it is the first uh, podcast I've been on with our brand new intro. That was awesome. How, how, how funny is this first off? You, 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 for months and months, you're like, we need to change it. We need to change it. We need to change it. We finally changed it, right? How, how are you going to miss last week's podcast, the day we launch the new intro? Give me, give me a little slack. I was sick. Come on, I still sound snotty. Give me, give me, a, give me a break. You have been snotty. You have been snotty. <laughs> hey, welcome everyone to the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast with your hosts, hey Tim and Christina Madden. If you don't know us, we help those targeting six figures and multiple six figures, but really we help with all things career, which is gets more complicated each year as things change, right? As the economy shifts. As new technology is added, as artificial intelligence comes in, we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network, which is the largest and fastest growing Facebook group of directors, VPs, and executives. Check us out. We're well over 10,000 members now. And of course, as always, if you're watching the ECN, say hi in the comments. We are watching. We're also watching over on LinkedIn and YouTube, or maybe you might listen to this later on iTunes or Spotify. As always, hey. If we give you any value today, do us a favor, share this with a friend. It could be just what they need to potentially have a massive breakthrough in their career. Christina, why don't you get us started today? Sure. So we just we just came off a team meeting. I was like, hey, we're doing this podcast, guys. You know, if you've spent any time with us at all on our website, on our webinars, all of our social media platforms, you hear us oftentimes talking about, hey, Let's go around middle uh, mid-level management. Let's go around HR, around recruiters, and get direct, you know, directly connected to decision makers. And that is the most important thing you can do. However, this topic is very important because, again, like Tim said, things are always changing, and we're responsible to understand how those are changing, right? And part of that is executive recruitment, how they're playing a part in these organizations, like um, in-house teams. How can we how can we navigate that and also nurture those relationships in the best way possible because it does play a part in it, right? This is just another great reason why you hire a career coach because you cannot keep up on how often this is changing. We were just on with a client yesterday in tears. I wake up every day to an email full of rejections and I don't know what changed, when it changed. You guys talk about, hey, the job boards don't work. When, when did all this change? It's just in tears, just this isn't how my last job search was, right? So I'm here to tell we're here to tell you when it changed, how it changed, how it is changing, and how you keep up with that, right? How to implement tactics and strategies. Now, with all that being said, I want to share with you just a quick story. It's way off topic here, so hang with me. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, Eric. Hello, Dr. Ford. Um, talking to my grandpa this week, okay? Almost almost 90 years old and got some tragic news. Um that he's, he's probably entrained the, the last bit of his life, okay, the last chapter of his life. And 
uh, I'll actually be flying to see him next week, but I was obviously very eager to have a conversation with him. And he knows very little about what we do here at ECU. I can't emphasize that enough. And I think our parents and grandparents often don't quite understand the world of online consulting, right? So, but I say that because it was just even that much more impactful what he said, because it was just truly what was on his mind, right? Had nothing to do with my work, but as he, as he is sitting there reflecting on his life, not only just on our memories, he said the one thing he is very most grateful for is his life's work. Okay. And he's a retired chief master sergeant, uh, a teacher, finance, corporate finance, and even parking cars at the airport because you couldn't slow him down in his 70s. Um, just really a guy eager to serve, eager to to mentor it and play a part in in making the excuse me, you know, leaving the world a better place. And we all want that, right? You know, we all want that. We're all going to be in that position one day where we're forced to reflect on how we impacted the world. And we have to ask ourselves, who do we need to be to, to do that? How, how do we do that? And it will come a time where you don't want to look back and, and think, man, I was under-challenged, underutilized, underpaid, unhappy my whole life. And that impacted my family and me on a soul level. So if you want to be part of, you know, the 1% of America that gets to say, bye, peace out world, I'm leaving it in a better place. We have to get in front of what actions it takes to create that. And it's so important. It really shook me to my core. I'm not going to rant on about it any longer, which I could. I really, really could. But I wanted to leave you with that story this week, guys. And hopefully you can take something from it. It's it's so important, guys. Tim and you know, let you take over. Yeah, absolutely. Before we jump on this topic, this would probably be a good podcast topic too. Is So I was at a business conference last week and got lots of just great advice, great speakers, great mentors of a mastermind I'm a part of. And um, where all where everyone gets caught up before we get into this topic, this is unrelated, but was what Christina was talking about. Everyone gets caught up in the how, man, all the time. Me, Christina, me and you talk about this. Like, how do I do this? How do I get my new job? How do I get better at finances? Like, everyone worries about like the specific tactical skills, but that's not truly whatever holds people back. So at this conference they were talking about, let's talk about identity right now. That's really what they're talking about. Because Christina, what she said is, she said, who, right? You, who do you need to become? So maybe this might be one of the most important questions you ever want to ask yourself. Because that's different across the board. So who do you want to become? Now write that down. Now take it one step further. The person you want to become, what do you think they do on a daily basis? How do you think they treat their family? How do you think they approach their job search? How do you think they they serve their customers and serve their team? Are you living up to that right now? Probably not. Well, right? about, you know, let's face it. It's very, if everyone was easy, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? It's very difficult to become the person it will take to achieve the goal if you're being unreasonable and uh setting big targets it's hard to accept hey you know what i'm not living that out and so you know my best advice here would be to not get overwhelmed and start implementing small actions each day and let those let those actions compound until you've transformed into the person it's going to take because again we can hand you a blueprint the how and nothing would come from that until you develop yourself 
And that's okay if you don't have one. Guys, do you realize most of the people that we talk to that have been in corporate America for 30 years still don't know what they want their next career move to be? Don't know if they should switch industries. Don't know if they should go for the next promotion. We've worked with top leaders at, at Apple and just talked to a guy yesterday with a, a, he's high level in a private equity fund, right? And he says, Tim, I've raised millions of dollars for these funds, but when it comes to selling myself, I don't know how to do it. Senior sales leader at Apple, quote, of $4 billion. Hey, I'm probably one of the most su successful salespeople you ever work with, but when it came to selling myself, I was lost. So if you think, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you think like you're just affected, this is a large scale. Most people struggle with this. And that's why we have this podcast. So let's get started, Christina. Hey, episode 85, the changing landscape of executive recruitment. Okay. I'll get us started, Christina. Sure. So executive recruitment. Hey, it was once your traditional and straightforward process. It once was. It once was. And um, back in the day, what did we do, right? Guys, they didn't even have online applications. You had to go in person. And if you were applying for a job across the country, you had to mail your resume in, right? That has changed. It's wait, now wait a second. Do you remember when it was most effective, even in my teens, to walk your resume in? Yes. Ride your bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or your parents drive your bike. Yeah. It's undergoing right now significant transformations due to various factors such as like technology, changing in the workforce and the culture and diversity and inclusion, how that's shaping it, and shifting expectations on both like the organization and the candidate side. Okay? So in order to stay competitive in your career and, you know, or attract top talent, right? It's critical that you understand all of these areas that we're about to talk about because they are really shaping the way we do things. Number one, digital, the rise of digital platforms. Okay. Online platforms and digital tools have revolutionized recruitment. Let me know in the comments, if you're watching live right now, if you've seen these new like AI tools, even, which is like, Hey, we'll, we'll track your resume score. Hey, LinkedIn, if you apply for a job, what does LinkedIn do? Christina, sometimes they kind of make people feel bad a little bit because it's like you may apply for the job and it's like, oh, you're only in the top, you're in the bottom 10%, right? Like, thanks, LinkedIn. How do you know that, right? So we have all these tools, right? And these tools are revolutionizing how we recruit and how we even decide if we're going to talk to people. And companies are using social media professional networking sites and these dreaded online job portals to connect with talents, right? These trends coming up, right, have expanded the way that these companies do business. However, nothing, follow me, nothing is more powerful than what I can do personally. And let me, you know, tell you what I mean, okay? All of this digital stuff, it's all great and companies are doing great things. But inside the ECU program, we focus on one thing, getting a hold of people that can actually hire you. Because 
for the reign of time, ladies and gentlemen, until some new technology comes out that just analyzes our whole body, our mind, our psychology, and says, Christina, you're an 82% match. Until that is developed, okay, you have to develop personal relationships or business relationships with these people. There is no way. Guys, now is the hardest time in human history to look for a job if you don't have the taxing strategies of 2023, okay? Because companies are heavily reliant on what? All of these assessments they're having you do, how your profile matches, all of your keywords, and they have thousands of applicants. And because of that, you get the sorry Charlie emails all the time. Hey, Christina, it, you were great. Thanks for applying, but we found someone who's better, even though we never had a conversation. This is not going away, ever. Okay. Well, and, and really, guys, on the flip side of that, how smart are they to implement some of this? When you have thousands of candidates and you have tools to use for data, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's an S1 no-brainer. But also, listen, guys, you you got to learn to not take this deeply personal. So, you know, when you're getting these rejections or the sorry Charlies that Tim is talking about, you cannot directly make that about yourself because listen what Tim just said, it's coming from data. They didn't have a conversation. They don't know you and there's thousands of applicants. So you have to become as disconnected as you possibly care to those from those outcomes and uh, be as, as detached as you can from the outcome. When he, let's, let's pause here because I know this will, will touch on for sure. When things don't go the way that we intend in life or in this instance, a job search, here's what typically happens. We look for something to blame. We are human. That is what happens. Okay. Who are the two people to blame? Either number one, I can blame myself, right? Or number two, I can blame the company. But when I say we look for something to blame, here's what we say. Here's what I hear all the time. Oh, they didn't even look at my resume. Oh, they didn't even do this. Oh, it's because I'm too old. Oh, I know hey, I'm blaming myself, right? I know I sh we should have went and got my MBA, Christina. I know I should have taken that technical thing. So just follow us for a sec. There is nothing to blame in the job search or, co or corporate America besides what it's become. Okay? And most of the time when clients find us, whether or not what area they're on, whether it's the company or whether it's the individual you know, director, VP, or an executive looking to accelerate their career, they're trying to pass the blame on like things that they should have done or, oh, well, that company said I was going to have another interview and they never called me back. But here's the thing with that. You can do that all day, but I don't like to put my attention on stuff that I can't change. Okay? So if you're looking for something to blame, the only thing to blame is either the process or the skills that you currently don't have to actually accelerate that. 100%. The next thing to think about here, so now we've got, we've got the talk about digital platforms. Uh, we'll we're going to talk more about um, data-driven things here in a minute. The second thing to think about here, and this is really kind of deeply personal and it varies per company, and it means something different to everybody, right? But an emphasis on diversity and inclusion, Okay. So organizations right now, and I'm sure you are hearing a lot about this. There's a lot of content on LinkedIn about it. 
Um, these are very common buzzwords being used right now in the marketplace, but organizations are placing a greater importance on diversity inclusion in executive recruitment um, because there's growing recognition that diverse leadership teams contribute to innovation, better decision-making. I would love to find more content about that, uh, the, the how diversity and inclusion impacts decision-making. I think that's really fascinating. Uh, and improve business performance uh, as a whole. I, I think this is common sense, right? But be prepared for these conversations around diversity and inclusion and how you can build that into your brand uh, on some level, okay? Um, and to attract diverse candidates, companies are implementing inclusion hiring practices and focusing on a greater or um, on a creating a culture uh, of belonging. So again, be prepared to be having these conversations, building this into your brand, watching out for cultural differences as you're moving through what aligns really with what your values as well. But this is a big topic in executive recruitment right now. And companies are hiring people that potentially may not be the best, you know, the best at what they do to hit some of these marks. Because here's the thing, some companies are required to. If you've looked in the news recently and you've seen anything about this CIA or what is it? Help, help me out in the chat, guys. Called CEI. CEI. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, the CEI. I believe it's the Competitive Enterprise. I'm not sure what it was. I just read about it. But hey, yeah, here's 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 what it boils down to. If you've seen a uh, big company, I'm not sure. BlackRock, right? Most of you probably saw this in the news. You 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 know that there's forty million dollars, or no? Christina, there's $40 trillion estimated in circulation around the world right now. Did you know that? I did not. Were, and were you talking about the Center for Equality and Inclusion? The yes, the Center for Equality and Inclusion. So here's what that means. And this is how it's going to shape how it is shaping kind of corporate America right now. Is Christina, there's $40 trillion in circulation right now, right? BlackRock controls uh, $15 trillion. They have assets under management, right? So these companies, right, such as, um, you know, that fall under this index. Hey, guys, if you don't know this, Target has investors, right? Walmart still has investors. Like there's people who manage these companies and different funds and different things that people report to. And because of this new equality index or whatever that's been around for however no so long, but they're actually implementing it right now, it is absolutely impacting who people can hire. The good news is it's mainly just impacting the extremely large companies right now. But if you've, um, <clears throat> yeah, but that's why, um, you know, there have diversity marks now, right? They say, hey, it's no different than the MBA programs right now. And a lot of their doctoral programs, what does it say? In this class, we will have so much of this ethnicity and this much and this much and this much. So this is now a growing challenge as well. And hey, I'm all for diversity. I'm a military guy. I serve with everybody around the world, right? But at the end of the day, you know, the best person might not get the job. So that's why it even, it's so much more important as you're dealing with potential, you know, if, if anything, discrimination of diversity to meet metrics. That could be what it is. So with that being said, you need to be right now so sharp that regardless of whatever policy, regardless of anything, they say, you know what? 
there is no way that Christina Madden is not the person, regardless of what our company policy is or, or what diversity marks we need to hit or et cetera, is right for the job. So we call it recession-proofing your career, right? How can you become like so valuable that they could never think of letting you go? Or how can you show someone so much value in an interview loop that there's no way they can turn you down? These skills are going to be become more vital than ever. Make sure you skill up in that because they don't teach you this anywhere. This is the main reason why we develop some of these certification programs. Because, you know, I said it on a podcast a month ago. I'll say it again. I asked people, have you ever learned how to effectively be interviewed? 100% of people said no. And then I said, Christina, how many of you have went through training, specific training on the steps you need to take, right, to actually conduct an effective interview? I think, what, three people raised their hand? You need these skills. I can't think of like, Man, there, there's a lot of skills you need, right? You need, to, you need to have empathy. You need to have influence, charisma. But hey, you have to have the skills of how to be a great interviewer and how to hire a great team. Otherwise, you're going to struggle for the next 10, 15, or 20 years in corporate America. You know, it's funny. Tim and I can talk about this all day, right? You're probably listening to us thinking, wow, they just got a lot to say and they can sell us on all these amazing things, you know, and we talk about the job search all the time. And like, if we go to record something like, I don't know, you guys might see us on a Facebook ad or something and here's what you want to say. And this is how, how what we want to, the message we want to get to people and click record. And it's like, you know, and that's what's happening to people on interviews. Even, you know, you know, you're great at what you do, but you're just not ready for curveballs and you're, and it's just, it's really interesting, guys. So you want to exercise all these muscles as much as possible because you don't get a re-record button on those uh, high-level interviews, right? You get one shot. Uh, let's see, next thing you want to think about. So focus on soft skills. Um, if this, you know, hits home for you, you might want to go back to our podcast library. We did do an episode on the soft side of the soup, which really took a deeper dive into this topic. Um, but a focus on soft skills and leadership potential. So while technical expertise remains important, of course. Um, there's a growing emphasis on soft skills and leadership potential in executive recruitment. So companies are looking for candidates who can effectively communicate, collaborate, adapt to change, right? That empathy, that heart-centered space, a focus on people, goals, um, and you know, assessing qualities such as emotional intelligence, resilience, and strategic thinking has become crucial. Go back and listen to that episode, guys, if this interests you, I'm telling you, because this is a non-negotiable. If you think you can get around this part right now, you're out of your mind. You have to be able to understand people and communicate well and be, be genuinely interested in that skill set and exercising it and mastering it because you guys can't, I mean, you can't fake it until you make it. This is not one of those situations that you can fake. You have to become this person and it doesn't come naturally to everybody. But, it, but it's just like anything else, a skill set that you can certainly build. Yeah. It's one of those things where, Christina, that, that's why originally everyone here at ECU, right, we had a career program, which we still have. We're, uh, for anyone who's wondering, we've placed 300 professionals this year already, ranging from like uh, 150K total comp all the way to 800, 850K. So the good news is, hey, the market is still you know helping. So we had the career program. Then we came out with the first 100-day program because we're noticing 
you know, transitions are tough for, for, for some of these executives. But now what we've developed and we're rolling out soon is a leadership and development program. Because here's what happens. Think about this in your own career for a second, okay? So most people listening to this podcast probably have some type of certifications, right? Then they probably have an education, right? Whether it be a bachelor's, master's, doctorate, or they got the good old-fashioned on-the-job training. Either way, you've had to acquire skills. Follow me. You've all had to acquire skills to get to where you are right now, right? However, remember, who do I need to become? Remember, who do I need to become, okay? And what 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 would that person know that I currently don't know? That's what you need to identify. And it's actually a lot easier than you think. That's why we're rolling out this leadership and development program because you need me and Christina and our mentor says, our jobs are to make success easy for our team. And we try to do that every single day. But the problem is, if we're always looking at it through the same lens, how can we accelerate? The reason I wanted to bring this up, because we were talking about gaining new tactics and strategies as far as soft skills or leadership potential, right? With that being said, you need to develop those. You are going to have to invest in yourself, whether it's to buy a book on communication, buy an international bestseller on soft skills, get a program. But remember, what you have now will not help you get to somewhere you've never been. Right? Let, let him say that again. <laughs> All the skills you have now, okay? You need new skills to go to these higher levels. You know, I was talking recently with a director of IT, Christina, last month, and it was crazy because he was like unsure if he wanted to invest in himself through one of our programs, right? And hey, if anyone chooses to schedule a call with our team, I'll drop it later. Um, you know, some people choose to work with us and some people don't, and that's physical, right? <laughs> he was saying, hey, I'm a director of IT. He says, I got my bachelor's, MBA, and everything, and I just, I make 175K now. I'm really trying to do whatever, right? I won't go into detail. But I just basically said, right, like, how are you going to go somewhere you've never been? If I'm going to somewhere I've never been, who wants a map? Let me know in the chat on Facebook or LinkedIn. Like, if you're going somewhere, you want a map. Or how about if you're going somewhere, Christina, I, Tim Madden, would rather have a map and I want someone holding my hand down a dark street that I've never been before. So think about this, ladies and gentlemen, okay? If you're trying to go somewhere you've never been and you're struggling, no wonder. You're walking down a dark road with no directions and don't have a guide or GPS. Thanks, Facebook. So how are you going to do that? So we are going to come to you each week and provide new tactics and strategies to help you level up, okay? Because that is what we're here for. But remember, you're good. You, all of you need help in different areas. Be sure... You're making a conscious effort to enhance your skills through a variety of methods. And we're, we don't want to scare or discourage anyone, but as the market becomes more and more competitive and focused on these things that we're talking about, it requires almost an exact precision method to get into these roles. Okay, they, This isn't just a shot in the dark, like, hey, I'm just going to listen to this podcast every week and get a couple of golden nuggets and put a few things in action. That's a great start. This may be some of the most, what we teach at DCU, maybe some of the most important skills to, that you'll ever learn in your career. Because here's why. Here's what I hear all the time, and then we'll go down to the next section, right? Is 
the market's either doing well or the market's not doing well. But think about this if you're a job seeker going after that next high-level role. If the market's up, what happens? Lots of people are still applying for jobs looking to accelerate their career, right? Because the market's good. But what happens in a down market? There's less opportunity and they're more competitive. So really, when we talk about having this skill, you need these skills in a down market, but you need these skills in an up market as well to be successful. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, number five, hey, candidate experience and employee branding, something that a lot of people are freaking sick and tired of because of these companies recently. But hey, at the end of the day, right, it kind of sucks because just like Christina said, if a job ad has 3,000 people, guys, someone can't go through every single resume, right? So, some of you are hiring managers right now working on six positions. Are you reading all 14,000 resumes that came in, right? The candidate experience, though, if you are hiring right now or being hired, you need to pay attention to that through the recruitment process because the candidate experience is becoming a very critical factor right now. Organizations, some of them, are investing in enhancing their employer branding efforts to attract top talent. They're, but they're mainly working on right now, how do we provide a positive candidate experience? And unfortunately, to men's first one to say it, most companies are doing this wrong. They're not providing a positive candidate experience. They are not being transparent in their communication. They are not giving timely feedback. They do not have a smooth interview process. And that is impacting that company's reputation and the ability to, and what that really affects is attracting other top level executives to their company. Because you can go on lots of sites, Indeed, Glassdoor, et cetera, and see employer reviews now. And what you see on these is a lot of people unhappy about how on this hiring process. Because remember, if you didn't hear me last, uh, a couple of months ago, I said Indeed recently did a study. And they said a high percentage of people that said they're going on a second round interview are simply never contacted ever again. So if you're a hiring manager right now trying to improve your department, I highly recommend you look at the candidate experience. And it's important. I mean, I definitely try to place a, a high emphasis, a high emphasis on that. But again, that's a soft skill. That's a very soft skill. Uh, last thing here. So, so continued importance of executive search firms. Again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if you missed it, you, you hear Tim and I talk all the time. Go directly to the decision maker. Don't mess around with these recruiters. But just like any field, okay, hold fire anybody who disagrees with me. Don't shoot. But only 1% of people in their industry are like really phenomenal, right? Whether that's a chiropractor, personal trainer, a nutritionist. I mean, take it from me, I've gone through hundreds of each of those things I just said, right? You're only going to find like 1% that you truly connect with. It's really aligned with your goals, right? Look, Try to look at like these relationships with these recruiters that same way and really keep a good network of the good ones. Okay, Because I'm not saying they're all bad. Shoot, I'm streaming live on LinkedIn. There's so many recruiters listening to me. I know many are so good and they genuinely have the candidates interested best heart. You know, Best interest at heart, okay? And when you find these recruiters, hang on to them. Um, because despite, um, you know, despite of the rise of digital platforms, 
and in-house recruitment firms, executive search firms continue to play a vital role in the recruitment process because the decision makers still are are hiring them, right? Because when they're in pain, they want an in-house recruiter, they want an external recruiter, they want HR on it, they want friends and family on it. So again, let that paint a picture of how many people you're actually up against, (laughs) okay? But they do continue to play a very big part um, in in this role. And if you meet one that has a connection to the decision maker, and actually does understand the soft point and what's actually, or excuse me, understand the pain point and what's actually needed, keep that recruiter in your back pocket. Like, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy working with recruiters to, to place employees with us, but I have one, her name is Kelsey. She's, she's incredible, but that's because she's gotten to know me. She's gotten to know my pain. She's gotten to know our culture. She's gotten to know exactly what we need, what it takes to be successful here. So I know when she brings me a candidate, it's really, it really has great alignment. So they are out. Um, and these firms are being specialized. Um, these firms bring specialized expertise. Again, like I just said, um, extensive networks and deep industry knowledge, which again, keeps them and makes them a valuable partner in, in, in identifying um, and attracting executive talent. So so again, when you, when you get ghosted by one or does it work out with one or you felt like you were just a number, listen, don't take it personally. That's my, always my biggest piece of advice. Then second, when you find good ones, hang on to them. You, we need an army of advocates, like Tim says, right? <laughs> you need as many as you could get in your job search. So listen, they're still playing a vital role in it. Executive search firms um, create relationships with really good ones. Absolutely. You need to understand and adapt to these trends we talked about, okay? And it's essential for some of these organizations as well to make some changes to excel in this whole recruitment process. Because, you know, companies are going to continue to use these tools. You need to get a hold of people that can actually hire you, okay? Because as companies get bigger, they're going to use more data, analytics, different things to kind of weed people out that may be qualified, but because of some computer system may say they're not, right? So it's important to have those skills, right? Know that diversity and inclusion, hey, it's important. You want to have a diverse workforce, right? Hey, Do you think anyone's going to say that they don't want a diverse workforce? No. I think everyone in the world like agrees like that that's a good thing. But again, is it? But I strongly believe that hiring managers will always hire the best person for the job. I truly do believe that. Especially if it's the actual decision maker who has the pain point. (laughs) Okay. They only need their problem solved. Remember that, guys. They need a problem solved. Focus on your self-development, right? You may need to get better at interviewing or being interviewed. Effective communication. Work on your soft skills and leadership potential. You need help? Hey, send us an email, timidexecupgrades.com, or I'll drop a link soon, right? But companies, focus on candidate experience. Hey, partner with some search firms if you're having some problems, okay? You need to position yourself in the best way possible to attract top talent. And here's the thing. If I know Charles, I'll read his, hey, these companies are missing the mark on top talent. They're seemingly taking not, right? Taking the steps necessary to reach these candidates on more personal level. Absolutely. They scan a resume for keywords. Helps them zero. And he says, as for him, he knows he needs to get in front of the right people and companies are not making it easy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... What was the last part he said about uh, HR? That was a good point. I don't believe HR managers even know how to find the best talent. I didn't want to. I didn't want to speak that out loud. Listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I got my HR certification from Purdue University. 
city. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Here's the thing. And sorry for interrupting you, Christina. You know, I'm, I've been getting better at that, I think. You have been amazing about that, by the way. Your soft skills are shining, darling. But from HR, hey, let's give HR a break, too, because here's why. Imagine how hard it is to recruit finance people for your company, Christina. Tech people. Managers, leaders, engineers, lawyers, legal counsel, general counsels. Guys, they got a tough job, man. They got a tough job, right? It's like if you're HR, people think you specialize in everything. <laughs> right? And then HR brings in recruiters who are typically a little younger unless they're like a seasoned legitimate re recruiter. But if they are, they probably have to search firm if they're pretty good. Right. So they bring in recruiters that also are not, they don't know anything. Say you're going for a sales position. I know because I've seen this thousands of times. How many of you let me know in the comments you've gone on an interview before and the person doesn't even know what you do. Like they don't know about sales numbers, strategy, pain points. Or they don't know about the technological aspect, the tax aspect, right? Because what is the recruiter's job to collect candidates, right? Because now we're now now we're looking for commission checks. Listen, their, and their job is this: they need to have these five things, and if they don't have that, they must not be qualified, right? Russian roulette. In closing, you need to get better. You need to get better. You need to be a better leader for your team. And you need to know all aspects of the job search. Hopefully, when you're not in a job search, that's the worst time to get skills is when you're like, oh, crap, I need them now. Right? I say something about this. You don't wait to go to the dentist when you have a, hopefully you don't wait to the dentist till you go to have a cavity. Anybody who is into spinal care, you try not to wait to go to the chiropractor until you're in pain. Same thing, like just like hygiene in our life and general wellness and healthcare. If we are not looking at our, career as like a full holistic 360 view of the health of that the longevity of that of our network and our career it's the same thing guys as always hey we are here to be an additional resource for you okay so if you need anything right you can always email me at tim at execupgrades.com if you're looking to accelerate your career maybe you want the skills before you need them just like we we said right so you have time to develop them right you're starting a new job and you've got a lot of anxiety. You're not sure exactly what to do, or you need help in other aspects of your career. Hey, go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. Until next week, have a great day, everyone. <laughs>